All right. Well, let's take our Bibles tonight, and we've had some fun. We're going to keep having it. Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11 is where I invite you to go back to. You say, that's where we were this morning. I know. It's not where I plan to be tonight either, but Matthew chapter 11, and uh, just believe this is where the Lord wants us to stay for a little while uh, on this day. Matthew chapter 11, we'll read the same text from this morning, verses 28 through 30. Let's read it out loud together. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Let's pray. Father, we come before you again tonight. And Lord, as we come, we come desiring for you to do the work that only you can do. And as we think about what you have began to teach us today, I believe you have a little bit more that you want to teach us tonight. And uh, Lord, I don't know exactly where you're leading with this, but I do know that it's where you want us to be. And I pray, Lord, that you will speak to our hearts. I pray that you will put a holy hush on this room and allow us for a few moments to focus in on the truth of your word. And God, I pray you'd be glorified. I pray that our hearts would be willing to respond. Our minds would be willing to receive the truth of your word as you give it to us tonight. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Well, I think we've all experienced this scenario before in one way or the other. We're driving down the road, and as we're driving down the road, we're needing to get somewhere five minutes ago. You know where I'm going. And we get behind that person. Okay? That person, they're not even going the speed limit. We don't even know if they know what the speed limit is. They're going two miles under the speed limit. Five. Okay, we'll give them that. What is wrong with them? We get behind them. And we don't just get behind them. I mean, we get behind them. We make sure they know we are behind them. Now, I say all of us have experienced this because either you have been the person behind them or you are the person in front of them. God help you. I'll pray for you. But this scenario happens, and we're there, and boy, you're in a hurry. You need to get somewhere. And what do you do? As soon as you find that opportunity, maybe there's two lanes. Maybe you finally get a stripe. You zip around them. You don't just zip around them. You come along the side of them. Instead of just passing them like a normal person, you have to slow down long enough to do that look. You know what the look is, right? You're just driving and you've got to go. You can't just go like this. You've got to go like this. All right? Make sure they know how much of an inconvenience they were to you. And uh, some of you, this is a daily occurrence 
in your life. <laughs> the thing that the Lord put on my heart tonight is the thing that I talked to, I've talked to our staff about before. And it comes from the truth of Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 through 30. And really, the subject is something that we as an American society are very much addicted to. And that is being in a hurry. We just hurry. Everywhere we go. Everything we do, we're addicted to it. We sit in a church service, and boy, it gets to be 12 o'clock. I didn't even wear my watch tonight, by the way. I'm not in a hurry. But it gets to be to 12 o'clock, and we need, to, we need to finish. We need to wrap this up. Why? What do you got to do? Nothing. But I'm supposed to go do it, whatever it is. You understand what I mean? We're addicted as an American society to be a society that lives on the hurry. I want to tell you something tonight. God is not in a hurry. I want you to take your Bibles and go to Psalm chapter 23. Some of you could quote it. Now we're coming back to Matthew in a minute. But Psalm chapter 23. In Psalm chapter number 23, would you just think about the words that the Lord records for us about his ways. Psalm 23 says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever, forever, ever. <laughs> God is not in a hurry. We think about the way that the Bible describes the manner in which God works. It's in stillness. It's in the quiet. It's in the calm. And even in the middle of the storms, there's still a calm. There's still a peace that passes understanding because this is the way that God operates. We're called to be like our Lord. And God is not in a hurry. I think that's something that we should learn from. What is hurry? Well, hurry, as one person defines it, involves the excessive, excessive haste or being in a state of urgency. You think about the English word hurry, right? That same root is found in some other words. It's associated with the word, words such as hurl or hurdle or hurly-burly. Some of you are that. Or hurricane, all right? All come from the same root, the idea of being in a hurry. One person defined hurry as a state of frantic effort one falls into as a response to inadequacy, fear, or guilt. I'm going to say that again. 
They define hurry as a state of frantic effort one falls into in response to inadequacy, fear, or guilt. Why are we in a hurry? We do not feel adequate. We're fearful of what might happen if we don't hurry to the next thing. We feel guilty about something. So we're always in a hurry. One of the things I've learned this year, and I'm having to relearn often, is that hurry is one of the greatest enemies that you have in your spiritual life. And I want to take some time to explain to you why tonight. Corey Ten Boom, in one of her quiet reflections, she put it this way. She said, if the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. And that's why hurry is so dangerous for us. We wake up in the morning and we hurry to eat our breakfast. We hurry. Some of you are saying, no, I don't hurry at all. I'm retired. Well, hallelujah for you, okay? We hurry to read through our Bibles. We hurry to get to work. We hurry to go about the tasks that we have throughout the day. We're in this frantic state. Now, the truth of the matter is, I don't know why every individual one of us might suffer with this, but I do know that it's a common problem that all of us face to some degree. One of the reasons hurry is one of the greatest enemies of your spiritual life is because you cannot walk with God in a hurry. Actually, hurry goes against the entire concept of walking with God. <laughs> God's voice is heard not in the commotion, not in the fire, not in the flood, not in the world, whirlwind as uh, uh, 1 Kings uh, 17 puts it, but his, his voice is heard in what? A still, small voice. And so many of us, are the thing that Satan is getting, with, getting, getting us with is not necessarily something that's bad, but he's made us so busy that we are not growing. We are not thriving in our Christian life. And one of the reasons is because we are struggling with this issue of hurry. Both sin and hurry or busyness have the exact same effect on a person's life. They cut off your connection to God. They cut off your connection to other people. And they can even cut off your connection to your own soul. You know what it's like to be so busy, you haven't even spent time not only with God, but you haven't really even spent time with your spouse. This is something I, I've often struggled with. You haven't been spending time with your kids, connecting with them. And really, you don't even know where you're at because you're so busy. You don't, you don't even know where you're at. You haven't spent any time of quiet reflection to see where what your current status looks like and the reason that is causing all this struggle is this hurry. As I thought on this, I can really say that all of my worst moments in life came as a result 
of being in a hurry. Every time I've struggled with sin, every time I've made a decision I regretted, it's because I hurried into a day and I went about it, I went about it in my own strength and I went about it in my own, in my own power. It really is a bigger issue than what many of us, I think, including me, understand it to be. So what's the answer? Well, I'll say this. The answer to hurry is not merely to do less stuff. See, we all live in this perpetual cycle in America where we say, well, in a couple weeks, things are going to slow down. And then I can get caught up. And we keep saying that over and over throughout the course of our life until we die. <laughs> and it never slows down. Why? Because we always find more stuff to do. We always find more things to fill the gap. We always find more things to fill the void. But one person wrote and said, there is a healthy kind of busyness where your life is full with things that matter and not wasted on empty leisure or trivial pursuits. The goal to be able to deliver yourself by God's, by God's help from hurry sickness is not to cut more things off of your task list. It's not to do less stuff, but the answer to solving the problem that you have with hurry is to do more of the right stuff. We talked about this morning how Jesus said, let me take your burden from you and let me give you another one. Remember that? He said, come unto me. I'll give you rest. The word rest is a word with a picture of literally laying down your burden. I'll let you lay down your burden. And in the very next words, he says, and take my burden on you. Take my yoke on you. See, the issue is not having a burden. You will not be at peace without purpose in your life. The issue is not, ha is not having a, a burden. The issue is making sure that you're carrying the right burden. That you are not allowing your struggle with inadequacy, guilt, or fear to be the burden that you're carrying that motivates you to do everything that you're doing in life. Because God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. God has a yoke. He has a calling. He has a purpose that he's given you that he wants you to assume and follow him in. And when you truly take on the, the yoke, the uh, manner of living that the Lord has for you, therein you find true rest. And so the key is not in doing less stuff. The key is doing the right stuff. For many of us, we get so busy, the first things that begin to suffer are the important ones. We get so busy, first thing to go, our devotion time with God in the morning. We get so busy, the second thing to go, and I'm not saying it's exactly this order, the second thing to go, the time we spend talking to God in prayer. We get so busy, the third thing to go is spending time like we should with our family, with our spouse, with our kids. Why are those the first things to go? Because they're the most forgiving. All right? God is very merciful. And it's, very, it's, very easy for, uh, it's very easy for me to go about my life. You don't see my personal walk with God, but you'll see if I don't show up to work. You don't see my personal walk with God, but you, you'll see if I don't show up to church. 
Right? It's very easy to allow the private things to go first. Our families are forgiven. We get busy for a couple weeks, and uh, we think, well, they'll, uh, we, we, they'll get over it. Yeah? I, I, won't, I, I, won't be, I won't be busy in a couple more weeks. Our families can be very forgiving. The issue is the things that are important, the right things take precedent over all the other things we allow to infiltrate our life. And what it leads us to is this state of living in a continual uh, state of urgency. It's a dangerous place that all of us can get to. Now, I'm going to give you these. These aren't original with me, but I read a book this summer, and I'll tell you, tell you the name of the book. Um, it's called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. It really helped me, and I would, I would recommend you read it if you're, if you're a book reader. Um, the Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. But in this book, he gives these 10 symptoms of struggling with hurry. And these, these are what they are. If you're struggling with hurry, the first one that he gives is irritability. When you begin to struggle with being in a hurry, you'll get to a place where you become very irritable. Any little thing can strike you off. Any little question that you're asked can set you off. Irritability. The second one that he mentions as a symptom of being in a hurry is hypersensitivity. Hypersensitivity. Boy, just any little comment that someone says, it'll offend you. It'll crush your spirit. You'll read a Facebook post and think, they're talking about me. I know they are. Because you're struggling with that inadequacy or guilt um, or fear. The third symptom is restlessness. Restlessness. You just can't sit still. You, you've got to be doing something. You've got, to, you've got to be somewhere. You don't even know what it is that you need to be doing, but you've got to be doing it. You can't sit alone and spend some time with God and let God speak to you. You don't have time to do any things you're in, these things because you're in a hurry. The fourth that he mentions is workaholism. I didn't know that was a word, but it is apparently. Workaholism or nonstop activity. You've always got to be busy. You've always got to be doing something. I, yesterday, I'll confess, I've been struggling with this. Yesterday, my wife had to grab me and say, come outside with me and sit down. And I stood there when she said that, and I thought, why? <laughs> There's things that need doing. <laughs> But honestly, I think it was because of that conversation that, that we're talking about this tonight. Maybe I'm just preaching to myself. We sat down and we talked. And I realized how easy it is to fall back into the trap of struggling with these things. Workaholism. Always something to do. The fifth symptom that he mentions is emotional numbness. You just don't feel anything. You come to church... You don't, know the last, you don't know the last time that God spoke into your heart because you're so busy thinking about what you've got to do tomorrow at work. Emotional numbness. You don't feel anything. The sixth symptom that he mentions is out-of-bounds or out-of-order priorities. We've already talked about that a little bit, but it is certainly a symptom. Probably should be higher on the list. But out-of-order priorities. You are making more important things out of your work than you are your family. Uh, out of your work than out of your walk with God. You don't have your priorities in order. The seventh that he mentions is a lack of care for your body. 
Now, we could just preach a whole sermon about that. Because we really struggle with that in American society. We eat junk. Right? It's fast food every day, all day. It's not good for you. We don't exercise. We don't take care of ourselves. I might as well just go home right now. This is not popular right now. I can feel it. I can feel this is not popular. But it's true. All right? We're in a hurry. Ah, I wish I had time to work out. I wish I had the kind of schedule that they had. I wish I had the money that they had to be able to eat the right things. Fruit ain't that expensive. Listen, these are symptoms that reveal that this is an area we might be struggling with. Number eight, another symptom, escapist behaviors. Escapist behaviors. We're always looking for a way out. Um, we're always looking for a reason to retreat. And really, a person that struggles with hurry, when they retreat, they'll retreat to uh, mindless activities a lot, of, a lot of the times is what they'll do. Um, I don't have a lot of time to park on that, but escapist behaviors. Number nine, um, slippage of the spiritual disciplines. You start slipping up on the spiritual disciplines, spending time in God's word, prayer. Some of you, you like to listen to the Bible. Some of you like to listen to godly podcasts that encourage you in your faith. Uh, uh, some of you like to listen to preaching, uh, those kinds of things. And you used to do that stuff and you used to have time for that stuff, but boy, you don't have time for it anymore. You're in a hurry. And then number 10, <coughs> isolation. Uh, isolation is the 10th one that he uh, mentions in that book. Now, that isn't divinely, and that's not a divinely inspired list, but it is a list that God used to help speak into my life. And I thought it would be helpful for us as we uh, consider this subject here tonight. And so when you get over busy, the things that are truly life-giving to your soul are the first to go rather than your first go-to. And that is the telltale sign. The things that really put life into your soul, the things that are the first to go instead of your first go-to. And I don't know who this is for tonight. Like I said, it might just be for me because this is something God has been speaking to my heart about um, since yesterday. And I have not been able to escape it. And even as I preached this morning uh, on, the, on our text in Matthew 11, God just would not let it off my heart. There's an old story uh, told about some English explorers who went to Africa and they were going up into some mountains in Africa. And they hired some local African guides to lead them on the way. And they were making their way. They were on a deadline. They had things they wanted to do. But what they did is they hired these guides to take them uh, to this particular place where they wanted to go to in Africa. But they had all of their gear and all their stuff, and they had the guides carry it. So here were these poor guides, and they had all the gear. The other guys were just walking along on their own. And they got about halfway up that mountain, and all the guides suddenly just sat down. And they wouldn't move. And they were, they were trying to say, all right, let's go. We've got to keep moving. We've got to keep going. We've got a deadline. They were trying to get them to go. And they talked to them, and they talked to them, and finally they got one of them to confess why they weren't moving. And the statement that they made in their, in their own language was, we have to wait until our souls 
catch up to our bodies. <laughs> and I thought that was a pretty good example of what we're talking about. You know, sometimes it's good for us to learn to stop, even on a daily basis, to wait for our souls to catch up with our bodies. This is not a popular subject for us to consider in American society because we are a very busy society. But if you listen to what, to, to what, to what I'm trying to counsel you with here tonight, I can speak from personal experience. It will change your life in so many ways. And some of you need to learn the practice of allowing your soul to catch up with your body by taking time, especially with the Lord and with your family and things that matter every day. And so, in conclusion, let's go back to Matthew chapter number 11 again. Matthew chapter number 11. Jesus said, Come unto me, verse 28, All ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. And he says at the end, For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I propose to you, and this is only one example of many things, but the yoke that Jesus is inviting us to join him in tonight includes partnering up with the Lord in this area of letting go of our addiction to being in a hurry. As I said before, God's not in a hurry. God is not in a hurry. And we don't have to live there either. Some of you need to learn to pause long enough in your life to enjoy the moment that you're in. Our kids only stay young for so long. Same thing with grandkids. We only get to live in this season of life that we're in for just a little while. It's all right to slow down. It's, not, it's all right to uh, 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 step away from some things in order to be able to put the right things in their proper place. For some of you, this is something that is desperately needing to happen for you. And I'm among you. And so Jesus invites us to take on his yoke. To instead of listening to our culture and living our lives the way that culture tells us to live it. Instead of doing that, live it the way that the Lord's calling us to. And learn to walk with God and live in stillness. Learn to not live in a hurry. Now, I'm not saying that tomorrow when you go to work that you need to be that guy in the car. But maybe you do. And uh, uh, this is actually something I started doing. And I, I will say I didn't do it for long. But it's uh, something I started doing. Uh, I started driving the speed limit uh, for about uh, a month and a half. You say, Pastor, don't you always drive the speed limit? I'll be at the altar tonight, I guess, okay? <laughs> but I did. I did. I started driving the speed limit. And every time I did, it went against the grain of my flesh, okay? <laughs> I'm just being honest with you guys tonight. But it was a reminder, I'm not in a hurry. And it was a daily reminder for me of taking time to enjoy God, to enjoy my family, and to enjoy the blessings 
that God has given to me. All right? And uh, there's a lot more that could be said on that. But here's my question for you tonight. It's more talk tonight than it was anything else. But are you struggling with hurry sickness? Are you struggling with being so busy about so many things that you are neglecting the most important things? Because if you are, tonight would be a good night to give that sinful spirit to the Lord and get it right. And as you enter into this week, enter into the week having your priorities in the right place, putting God and your family in the right place. And I promise you, if you listen to the truth that we've looked at tonight, it'll impact your life in a very positive way this week.